Hey, I'm David Puck and we're doing another episode of Painterview. Going to be painting and interviewing the artist Harvey Del Rey, who is an incredible portrait artist, amongst many other things which we're going to talk about. Activism, we're going to talk about Mexican background and how that relates to queer identity and experience, uh, talk about his portraits, um, and possibly some other subjects if we get onto them, but I know that I tend to blabber, so we don't always get to everything. <laughs> But we have the painting drawn out here and then going to be doing the majority of it while talking and finishing later. So we're just waiting for Harvey, who's going to come in in a minute. And while we're waiting for him to come in, I'm going to try and sort out my dirty brushes. There he is. All right. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Oh my gosh. Are you in a car? Yeah, I'm actually in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Has it really come to that? This is like your makeshift art studio now. Yeah, so. pretty, pretty much. Yeah, I spend a lot of my hours in here, so. I'm like, fuck it or what? Might as well do it here. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense because you're in Anaheim, which is just out of LA. So it is a, it's a driving place, right? Oh, yeah. And it's really nice outside, too. So I'm like, ah, I might as well get the lighting from outside. Fuck it. Yeah. Well, you, look, <laughs> you look beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, of course. This, so this is, it's reflected in a mirror, so it might look kind of funny, but this is your painting. And I can look so yeah, that is but... so crazy. I'm actually excited to see how it like all turns out. It's it's I know, insane. You never know how it's gonna turn out. So especially when someone's watching you, it's like I hope this looks good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I hate that feeling. It's so it's really stressful to have like people just uh, staring from behind or anything like that. It makes me really nervous, and it just gives me really hardcore anxiety. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I, it did used to for me as well. But I think that doing more of the murals and stuff like that, I got a bit more used to it. And and you're such a nice person. I'm not going to be worried about you. Oh, I think... <laughs> yeah, don't even worry about me. Just do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Don't even, don't even so, worry about um, So I would love, I obviously know you, we know each other, but I would love for you to introduce yourself to people that are watching now or might be watching later and just introduce like who you are and talk a little bit about your art and self. Okay, cool. Well, hi. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Harvey. I am an artist here in Anaheim, California. I do a lot of, um, I guess you would say colorful neon portraits. I don't know. It's really, I find it really difficult sometimes to describe my artwork only because I feel like it's so un like it's all over the place now. I don't mm -hmm. even have like a, you know what I mean? So to, um, I guess I'll just leave it at colorful portraits <laughs> or pop art por portraits, I guess. And I, um, a lot of my subjects are uh, a lot of, public figures uh more well recently it's more public figures i do a lot of celebrities of course um a lot of music artists 
I don't know. I'm like, I love music. So I've always, always, always wanted to kind of pay my tribute to them somehow in an artsy way, you know? Mm. So I, in high school, I was, I was in dance and cheer and all that. So like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I saw your, I saw your eyes. You were just like, what? <laughs> Me? No, no. I know. I was, what, no, what was going through my head was like, oh my God, I didn't know that. And I was trying, I was picturing you. Yeah, like, that was so funny. Stuff, was like, <laughs> no, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I um I did it my last two years of high school, but it was it was so much fun only because I mean I, I was already out by then, so I you know, I was like fuck it or what shit, I might as well. I might I might as well gay it up a little bit more. And then <laughs> I um I even had my own like hip hop dance team, like in high school as well. And that's what kind of motivated me to become more, I guess, like, open-minded when it comes to vision and aesthetic and stuff like that. So when it came to, like, music, it just opened up, like, this whole new world for me with color and just possibilities, I guess. And then especially if I'm, like, for example, like if I'm I'm painting, I guess, like David Bowie or something, um, I literally, like, just basically just, just involve myself in every little aspect of their world. And I'll listen to their entire catalog. I'll watch documentaries, I'll, you know, I'll look through pictures and everything just to get all that information and all that inspiration. And then I just mm -hmm. throw it on the fucking canvas and call it a day. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think going back to when you're trying to describe it and like use it like neon, that's how I described it when I first saw it. Yeah. Because that, that, you do have a lot of different styles, but when I think of your style, it's the the kind of the really bright almost fluorescent like neon is what I think of colors and then you have your motifs and all the it's it's very like defined now to me um and it sounds like you're saying that it kind of took you a while to get to because it's it's very out there you know and um yeah. it matches the the queer and campy like subjects that you paint so um did you initially did you paint more like subdued and then those colors came out of it sounds like they were related to you, like coming into your queerness. The colors came in. Yeah, time. actually, it started. I actually started doing natural skin tones before I started doing. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I and and they were very. I don't know. I think what what triggered it for me, or who triggered it for me, was Lana Del Rey. Um, because I feel like once she went, I mean, because I, I listened to her before she went mainstream and it was very, she was, I can, I can tell when she started to become really cinematic mm. and when she hit that cinematics, like cinematic area of her like career, it was like a defining moment for me because I was like, oh my God. I can literally see what she's singing about. I can literally hear every color. I can see every little thing. Fuck it or what? So I painted her blue. 
And when I painted her blue, I was like, holy crap, I think I'm onto something here. And then from there, it, it changed from one day to the next. It went from natural skin tone to just blue, blue skin, purple skin, like everything. And then it made me realize like, huh, skin tone is so boring. Fuck it or what? Let's just do color. And so I just started doing color from there. And then it became a thing with my work. And then now I, and you know what? It's funny now that I've done color for so long, I kind of want to go back to natural skin tone. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like switch it up a little bit. It's like exper it's experimenting, right? And if uh, you've been experimenting with color for so long that now like the experimental thing to do would be to go back go to back. natural yeah, yeah, and it's so hard. Can we talk though about how hard and just how difficult in general everything that has to do with natural skin tone is? Like putting, you know, you would never think that you would need greens and like all these different shades of orange and everything just to get like a simple tone of this. Like it's crazy it's, to me. It's wild. I think it for me, cause I actually had a similar experience to you where I've always used lots of color as well for the most part. And then recently I was like, I kind of want to try it. I want to see what like more natural tones are like. I haven't gone down it that much because yeah, like you're saying to me, it's the subtlety. Like you put this tiny bit in and you have to play within this really small realm. Whereas when we're using our colors, it's like, poo, 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 poo. yes, yes. That just, it's like you put a tiny too much yellow in and suddenly they look crazy. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. And it's so frustrating because especially with specific people, like their face features and everything about them. Like if you tweak any little thing, they will look like the com a completely different person. And that's the frustrating part about painting. Like, as you know who's really difficult to paint? Fucking Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. Britney Spears. It took me four years to finally paint her because it, it was just like, any little tweak to her nose, to her eyes, anything. And now, now she's like snatched. But before it was like any little tweak to her little nose, to her little eyes, like anything would make her look crazy. And it's like, it's little things like that, that people don't realize that we go through as artists, <laughs> especially, especially doing portraits. Especially, yeah, portraits and you also, even though you go for the crazy colors, you have a lot of realistic detail in, you tend to stick to realistic proportions. So that again has this very small margin for error. Like I, I feel like people, oh, yeah. if you have a more like graphic illustration style, you can, you have a bit more freedom. But if you're trying to make it look exactly like Britney, she only has one face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, apparently now it's a few. But like, you know, because she's gone through layers of it. But it like, I just, I like, you know, when you look at her pictures, you automatically like, you know, where everything goes. Like, you know, that her eye is this way. You know, that her nose is round here. And it's just like, it's these little things that we pay attention to that you can't help but actually look at. <laughs> And it's also like painting public figures, right? And like you said, you do mostly celebrities. Everybody knows what their face looks like. So yes. if it's a little bit, people are going to know. And they're going to tell you about it because oh, yeah. they've so much. Oh, my God. You know how many times I've gotten people like, 
There was this one time we were at precinct and this guy was like walking through my table and he was looking at all my prints and I can see him like just like slowly like looking and then he got to like the Amy Winehouse and his friend was like kind of like nudging him like oh what do you think and he straight up was like mm, mm. and he just keeps walking away and I was just like oh my god. <laughs> Oh, I used God. to get stuff like that all the time. Or that my Selena looked like, um, what's her name? Marie Osmond. Somebody straight up was like, is that Marie Osmond? I was like, the nerve. That is <laughs> Selena. Sir, ma'am, get out the door. The door is over there. Get out. <laughs> well, you know, I think that speaks as much to them and how they see as it does to anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you really see that? OK. I had, um, recently I had one with I did a mural of Jada Essence Hall and on my page everyone was really really nice but then somebody else reshared it and on their page I obviously and it's dumb of me I was looking at the comments pretty much all of the comments were like you made her look like a man like what's with her jaw like I've never seen her look shit before <laughs> and it was really brutal in a way that I've never had before because people are yeah. nasty face. Um, and it just made me laugh so much. But one of the things that I thought about that had been told to me before, which could be relevant for you as well, is um, the more the more heavily people criticize, it's the more invested they are. So like the reason that they really care so much if your Britney is on point is because they care so much about Britney and they care so much about, therefore, the painting you're making of Britney. So if they didn't care, then they wouldn't even bother to, you know. Right, right. That's a really good point. Oh, my God, I never thought about that. Hmm. All yeah, right, I think you with that. I think <laughs> it the because like the drag queens talk a lot about needing to deal with negative comments online because they get a lot of it. Even oh yeah, So I think I've actually taken a lot of what they've said on board and applied it to painting stuff as well. That's amazing. I, I can't remember who it was that said that, but it was. It's so true, though. It's really true, and I, I honestly like. I don't really engage in comments like that on my page. I actually hardly get them now, but before I used to get them a lot when I would do uh, drag race paintings. Mm. That's when I would get the most criticism and, I, and it would irritate me when they would tell me that it looked like a specific someone and they would tag them. Like that was just like, ugh, it was like yeah. so cringy because like, you know what you're doing, and the fandom is already toxic as it is. So, do we really need to come to an artist's page and, like, you know what I mean? And not only that, but like, you're being disrespectful by tagging that person, and you're tagging that person with a backhanded compliment. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous, and it's. Here's the thing, especially with drag, here's the thing. They're painting that face on, and they all follow a very similar drag template. You know, yeah. it's like the eyebrows are here, the contour's there. So it's like, to a certain extent, a lot of them do look the same. So right. The painting of them, you know what I mean? Like, it's like they just get, like, they put all the makeup on the fucking table and they're just like, boof. That's how I do drag. <laughs> <laughs> I so how many, I feel like we've been skating around. This is one of the things I wanted to ask is, and you've kind of answered it with some of them, but how do you pick your subjects? Like, it seems like with Lana, it's someone that was really important to you personally. Like, um, how do you decide who you want to paint? I, um, 
mostly by inspo or if it's a commission, obviously, because I have no choice. But mm -hmm. like with a commission, I I'll always take it in if I know that the person is either they do something for the community or not only that, but they've been following my work for a while and they've always wanted a portrait done by me or like, um, if I'm just like a huge fucking stand of theirs, like obviously, <laughs> then I'll do it because I started doing Madonna actually. I'm like a huge Madonna fan. Like she's, I mean, when, before I started painting, I wanted to be a stage director and mm. I wanted to direct world tours and do like the video footage and the, the, the music remixing and all that. Like I wanted to do all of it. And so I thought, well, you know, if I'll never get to work with her, then what if I just pretend like I am already and I just fucking paint her my my way and I just like do whatever the fuck I want so mm. I just started painting her and next thing you know like I I, I posted it and it kind of went viral within the Madonna community mm. and from there like I started getting people asking me like if I could do something like simple for them and I would do like simple little drawings or simple little paintings and then from there it went from like that to like drag queens and it just opened up a completely like whole new can of worms for me and now i'm here fucking painting everybody but i, I mostly <laughs> i um uh, now i mostly pick someone that especially with everything going on i would say someone that really actually stands for something and has a message and I don't know, it just made me rethink a lot about my choices um, because I realized that I also sometimes like don't have enough melanin in my work and mm -hmm. I should have more of that because I know that we've all been conditioned since we were kids to view, you know, white skin as, you know, desirable and everything and you know I was just telling my boyfriend this the other day you know I never realized that I was brown until people actually pointed it out to me and I didn't even realize that I was this this dark until people pointed it out to me and you don't realize those things until people actually bring it up to you and you're like holy shit this whole time I thought I was normal I thought I was accepted I thought I was this I thought I was that and like in reality it's not like the hi in reality, it's not like that, you know, and it's, and it's, then I start looking at my work and I know that I try to have like a whole, like, I know that I try to have as much variety as possible. And as I just try to be as inclusive as I possibly can. But I also realize that I sometimes, you know, do, I just don't do enough. And I have to step it up. And uh, as an artist, we, as artists, we have to do that. We have to evolve and we have to move with the times and we have to like make sure that if, if the movement is happening, we fucking strap the fuck up and join it. So yeah, I think, sure. I, I think I definitely have to like start looking at my choices a little bit more <laughs> now that you bring it up. So I, cause I've been thinking about this for a while now. So.
Yeah, I was going to ask when that, so is it with these recent wave of protests, did, was that a big catalyst or is this something that you'd like realized a while ago that you wanted to kind of start being like even more intentional? Um, I realized this a while ago. I think what's, what really, really did this for me was Pulse. Pulse okay. like took it there for me because... I was at Redline the night that Pulse happened doing an art show. And it was a Madonna art show. And it was a Madonna night and everybody there was happy, excited. It was a packed club. And on our way home, I, you know, we, I mean, we made really cute coin. We were so excited. I sold original paintings. Like it was just, I had the time of my life. And of course, it being a Madonna night, you know that I was like really getting my entire life. And <laughs> Joelle and I were like freshly dating and we were just like, you know, like really, really like having the time of our lives. And then I go and drop, I no, we actually go to his area because he used to live in Pico at the time and Pico Rivera. And um, we went to go get food. And as he was picking up the food, I was on my phone and I refreshed and there you go. My life and everybody's life and our community in general just completely changed from one day to the next. And it was, I still get emotional over it because it, it like really, really, really affected me. Like it really fucked with me. So like, I think just, that moment alone, it was like, that's it. Use your fucking platform. Use your fucking voice. Use that fucking paintbrush and call it a fucking day because this is what you're meant to do. And you need to spread that message. You need to make sure that whoever fucking is there to listen, you scream as loud as you fucking can. Especially if you're an immigrant. Especially if you know that your life can easily change within, within minutes. Mm. Use that fucking voice. And there you go. Here we are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because that, that's definitely, out of all the artists I follow, that's one of the things that really stands out to me about how you use your online presence, especially, is, um, is that you're really, really vocal. And it, I, I think it, and in the work that you do, but also just in like what you're posting and what you're saying and in the conversations you're having. And I know I really appreciate it. And um, I wonder, you kind of just touched on it because you're, you're Mexican. And I wanted to talk, we kind of jumped over that, but I wonder if we can bring them both together at the same time. Yeah, like, yeah. Your like Mexican identity experience and then also then how that relates to like um to activism in general and especially for like the current protests at the moment. Um well for me I feel you know, as much as it scares me to actually speak out only because of the retaliation that I can get not from the public because I can give a rat's ass what anybody thinks about what I say, but the retaliation that I can get from this administration, that's mm -hmm. what scares me because he literally just implemented rules that if I was to get, if I was to get caught at a protest, if I was to get caught doing anything against whatever is going on now, that will completely fuck up anything that that will lead to my citizenship to anything and it's frustrating because 
you're literally telling me that not only can I not have a voice, but if I was to even dare to say anything, you're going to fuck up my chances of having the American dream. And that, to me, is like, it's it's the biggest slap in the face, not only to me, but like to like everything that America stands for. Like, how are you literally going to tell someone that? And you're telling someone that not only by like colonizing their land, but you're literally just trying to rewrite history, period. And the fact that he thinks that he has the, that just the audacity alone to say, you know what? I think I'm going to stop your dream right here. Like that to me is insane. Mm -hmm. I am not whoever the fuck you're saying that I am. I am not a rapist. I am not a fucking bad hombre, whatever the fuck you want to call me. I don't care. I am not that person. And it, it's crazy to me that, you know, that somebody would believe these fucking lies. Like, you're going to tell me that? Like, it's so it's insane to me. And even more so that I don't think people realize that this is literally history repeating itself. This is Hitler in the making. That's the reality. And I don't think people realize that. I mean, I've been saying this for years. I feel like Mexicans and homosexuals are the are the new fucking Jew, and it sucks. It sucks. Terrifying. It's mm -hmm. terrifying, and I've been saying this for years. I remember when in Russia and everything in Chechnya was happening years ago. I was literally like screaming on my Facebook and nobody was listening. And now it's like, look how far they've gone and look what he's about to do. He literally wants to stay in power until like 20, 30 fucking something. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's insane to me that nobody is paying attention. And that's, that's a big reason too, why I got rid of my Facebook and I got rid of a lot of social media and I only kept my Instagram because my Instagram one has the high, the, the, the most following but it's just our community sometimes too just frustrates the hell out of me because it's like screaming into a tunnel and everyone's wearing fucking headphones playing different tunes and no one gives a fuck and it's yeah. insane to me so I just hope though that because I, I see a lot of positive change and I see a lot of people actually waking up and paying attention, but I just hope they realize that not only do we have the power to speak up as queer people, but you have the power to speak up for someone like me, someone that I, that someone that can't even, I can't go out in public with a fucking sign saying Black Lives Matter because if I was to get pulled over by a cop, who fucking knows what's going to happen to me? So that, that is exactly why I use my platform the way that I do. I don't hold back. I wish I could hold back, but if people knew the shit that I put up with growing up as a brown, fat, gay kid, it, they would not even question anything that I, that I mentioned on my Instagram. Yeah. So I, I know that I'm being really blunt, and I, I hope it's okay. I know that it's like, you know, but... I just, I feel like the only way to say it is saying it. And 
that's it. Yeah, no, of course. I'm just trying to take it all in because I really yeah. want to listen to what you have to say. No, be as, like, say exactly be as blunt okay. as you <laughs> Don't hold back. It's, it's just that, you know, like, I, 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 when I work, I spend, you know, I, I've tried a lot to stay off of social media. And if I, if I do have something to say, I have to make sure that I say it correctly and everything that I'm saying is factual and everything that I have on there has receipts. And I have to make sure that everything is on point because I do not want to be one of those people that is just throwing information out there just to fucking call out. And it's like, no, if you see it on my Instagram and I'm calling it out, I'm calling it out for a reason. I am not calling it out because it's like, oh, I'm trying to, no, I'm not trying to attack somebody's character. I'm not trying to attack anybody in general or like purposely come for anything. We're, I'm going to be like that girl. We're out here fucking up the white man's money. That's why they're upset. And that's the only reason why they're upset. So if you want to get upset over me posting whatever the fuck, well, then that's on you. Maybe yes. you shouldn't do fucked up shit to begin with. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and kind of like you were suggesting with this, because there can be a lot of misinformation and different things circulating around. Like I just saw, just as an example, like Jinx had to pull back something that she posted because it turned out to be fake. And it's really sad when people like, like grapple onto those exceptions because the reality is everything that you're saying especially someone like you that puts a lot of effort into making sure that all the receipts are there like it is true and like to try and discredit everything by just pointing out a couple times that maybe the facts weren't straight i think is just it's like a really shady tactic to just undermine everything yeah and you know it's so crazy to me that like as a person, wouldn't you expect someone to do that to you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would want someone to be like, hey, what you said wasn't correct, so I need you to fix it. And if you and if you really hurt somebody out there with what you said, I need you to also apologize and hold yourself accountable. Yeah. And it's really not that hard to do that. It's really not that difficult. Yeah. So... I don't understand why everybody gets so like, oh, but it was done years ago. Oh, but it was, no, fuck that. Yeah, it was done years ago, but have they spoken on it? No, they have not. And if they did, was it actually genuine? No, it was yeah. not because it, I like there's, you know, there's timestamps over here saying that they're still out on their bullshit. So what's going on? You know what yeah. I mean? And as a community, especially, we need to call that shit out. We're a community that, you know, we seek the most acceptance. Like, we want equality. We want people to actually take us seriously. We want people to leave trans women alone. We want people to let that femboy live. We want people to let that trans man get his entire life. We want people to just let us fucking be. And you're going to tell me that you're going to be in this community and be upholding the same fucking same institutions that are fucking holding us down? Fuck out of here with that shit. So... Sorry that I have to call you out on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very glad that you're out there doing it and I support you fully in that. Yeah. And, yeah just but just like, FYI, though, if anything ever happens to me, y'all know why. Y'all know why. <laughs> y'all know why. Y'all know motherfucking why. <laughs> <laughs>
I think a lot of people, one of the things I see that's really encouraging is like when people who are like put themselves in an activist position, when they themselves are like called out for doing something, that when they're able to really take that criticism and be like, yeah, you're right, let me change what I'm doing. And because I think what happens with a lot of these people, especially like you're saying, the ones in our own community is like, they don't know how to admit that they were wrong or to take criticism or to take any kind of step back. So it's like just denial, 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 like, no, I'm, and um, I really think it's like an individual thing to be able to, to admit to yourself. Like, and I, for me, that's been a big part of my anti-racist work is like, in, like looking inside myself and being like, like I am inherently in a like wrong position and I need to, like I need to accept that within myself. I can't push that away because otherwise I'm not gonna be able to do anything. I'm just gonna be shutting my ears. And I wonder yeah. if that's what some of these people, they're, they're, that's what they're doing maybe when they aren't able to accept the criticism. Cause that's what you're doing when you're calling someone out. You're, it's like constructive criticism. You're trying yeah. to be a better person. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not even, and it's one of those things where you don't see me out there, like, on my post being like, you're a stupid bitch, you're this, you're that. Like, no, I'm just saying, like, this is what's been said. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Because we see it. So what's yeah. up? <laughs> it's, not, it's not personal. It's not like you're a bad person. It's that the actions that you're doing result in negative things for people like me. So I'm going to point this out to you. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly exactly even with my parents and my parents are you know obviously they're mexican so i even had to check their anti-blackness and it's it sucks and it's uncomfortable but it it it's it, it worries the hell out of me because even spanish media like the way they they translate a lot of these things to our community is insane mm. You know, fighting back and all that. Like, they seriously believed everything that they were being fed. They literally thought that Black people were seriously out there trying to do the most. And it was like, wow. So this is what Spanish media is feeding you guys. That's insane to me. And I literally had to pull out my Twitter. I literally had to show them exactly what was going on. And it was the most uncomfortable conversation that we've ever had. But hey, they got their shit together. So <laughs> you, now you, my dad is literally like, now he's very, you know, he, he's always checking everything and bringing these things up to me and asking me if I know. Now he's checking me. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, keep each other accountable. That's great. Yeah, no, yeah, but it's scary though. Know. You just cracked out a little bit in the example you gave. So that was your parents were watching Spanish media. What did it say? It said, Oh, they they believed that, you know, all the, the, the things against George Floyd, you know, like they believed that, you know, he fought back. They believed that they just believed that the cops weren't in every right to basically lynch him on video. And I had to explain what a lynching was to them. I had to show examples. I had to show them pictures. They had never seen pictures of a lynching before. I was yeah. shocked that they had never seen anything like that. And not only did I show them that, but I showed them, you know, um, examples like Eric Gardner. I showed them the one that 
will forever changed my life was Philando Castile's. Um, because it happened on Facebook Live and I stumbled upon it when I was on my Facebook. And I was, it was maybe four minutes in, five minutes in after he was shot. Wow. And he's literally dying on video. And I'm literally watching a man die in front of me. Again, I'm getting emotional, sorry, because that one was another life-changing one for me. And it was like, you're watching a man die on video. Who do you tell? Who do you scream to? What do you do? Like, what do you do? And my first reaction was to copy the video, send it to everybody, whoever I could send it to, whoever can just listen. And if I remember correctly, only one person responded and all they said was, wow, that's crazy. And I was just like, because I saw everything. Yeah. I saw him die. I saw them. I saw his girlfriend try to de-escalate the officer. I saw his daughter cry. I saw all of it. And I saw it live. And I will never forget that. And it was just like, when you see stuff like that, it's like, how do you not react? How do you not? how do you not make that your purpose in life to like make sure that this shit doesn't happen or make sure that people actually pay attention to what's happening like it's so difficult like it's i don't know i just it's you know i i just will never forget it and i just you know that's that it's those events that make me challenge people and make me just very passionate about just making sure that if that voice isn't loud to make it louder and amplify the fuck out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, w I wonder if like, for some people, it's similarly to the not being able to like fully take it on is that like you become desensitized and you're not fully feeling like that impacted you so much. And may I guess some people when they see it are kind of not even taking it on like what that really means and what it is. And you're just like disassociating, I guess, perhaps. I'm not sure yeah. people's reactions to it are, but um, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's sad that such extreme things need to happen for a lot of people to like realize that something needs to change. And I feel like that's what we're going through right now, especially in America, but all over the world is like, the intensity is really waking a lot of people up and yeah i guess they needed the <laughs> yeah yeah it's i mean you know i i hate that you know it took a lynching like that to wake people up but it's crazy because it's not even over like people, black people are still being lynched like this is still happening so yeah, a black square is great, but that black square is just going to fade into your timeline. Yeah. You know, it's it's insane. And it trips me out because I've had people try to check me and tell me that, you know, like, oh, um, if you're if 
why are you always so upset? You know, actually do something, go out there and do something. And it's like, you're telling me to go out there and do something because you don't see me bragging about it on Facebook. You don't see me bragging about it on Instagram. Like yeah. this last picture where with a sign, that's the only picture that I've ever posted of myself actually protesting. And before that, I never do that because to me, it's like, I don't want the acknowledgement. I, I, I don't want any of that. I want you to realize that I care about you as much as you care about me. And if you're not out there, obviously you don't give a fuck about me, but hey, I'm still out there because I still give a fuck about you. Because what happens to you is gonna affect me in the long run. So what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you're like, you're out concentrating on what you're actually doing as opposed to it being a sort of performative, like, post online exactly and there's nothing and you know there's nothing wrong with posting about it there's nothing wrong with that but if you're out there honestly like a lot of these things that i'm seeing lately is a lot of the white gays like um doing stuff like putting their fucking jockstrap picks up with like hashtag fucking stop killing us hashtag black lives matter all this shit and it's just like are you guys like are you kidding me like are you, you know like i'm all for posting about your shit but i mean let's be respectful you're talking about a man and especially brianna taylor can we just remind people about brianna taylor for a second <laughs> now that we have everybody here brianna taylor y'all need to get louder because this yeah. is some bullshit <laughs> Like, yeah. this, this is some bullshit. Like, no. if you guys are going to go hard for, for Black men, you guys need to go hard for Black women. You guys need to even go even harder for them because Black women are never, ever really truly represented in the media or when anything like this happens. So we need to be louder for her. And we need to be louder for trans women in color of color, especially, especially trans women of color. Black trans women, y'all need to get it together. Come on, like as a community, like I don't, I can't believe that we have to remind you guys. Like it's crazy to me. It's so crazy to me. But look at us, just like going on and on. I'm just like, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, I just think it's so it's so important, and it's something I'm really appreciating listening to you and hearing the invest emotional investment you have in it as well and how you kind of got to that got to that place because I think also for people that might because obviously I agree with you but even for people that might come at you from a different point of view it's like when they just see something online they're not necessarily I think it's very different to hearing someone speak and knowing that you're a human who has thought this through who has lived through experiences that led you to this point you're not just like sharing a meme or whatever no you know, no like, not at all yeah yeah, and, and especially, um, like, with my, um, with school. Like, I, I recently graduated from high school at 33. And that, that happened. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I went back to school because I was kicked out of high school for being queer, for being brown, for being the big guy for being outspoken. Like I was kicked out of high school by a racist ass administration that we had in there. And really? I, yeah, I had, a, I, I had a high school teacher literally tell them that she was terrified for her life 
that I was, that I scared her or whatever. She was scared of me. She was one of my cheer instructors. She got upset because I called her a bitch and she was being a bitch. That, that was the tea. So. And you got kicked out of school? And actually I got sent to ICE. So this is, isn't that crazy? I got sent to ICE in high school. So it was called, it's called ICE and it's isolation. And I was there for two weeks. And um, I was there from morning until the end of school. I was not allowed to talk to anybody. I, I just, my teachers would just send my school, my, send my schoolwork. And after those two weeks were, were over, I, um, they had a meeting with me and they told me that because I was about to turn 18 in July and we were supposed to graduate in June, that um, I was basically gonna be kicked out. And that was their excuse. Yeah. And because I was a danger to that teacher and that teacher is still working there. And she, yes, she is white. And she, um, she, I'm sure she's still being problematic, but I mean, you know, that's what happens when you have power. And this, I'm so sorry, that's terrible. Is it, is this in Anaheim or? Yeah, this happened in Anaheim. Um, and it's, it, it was one of those situations where I had no say in anything because, I mean, you've met me, obviously. I'm a fucking giant. So that alone, and the fact that she said that she was afraid for her life, that alone was enough for them to be like, he can't be here because he's going to attack her and he's going to kill her. You know what I mean? So I was sent to continuation school. And when I got to continuation school, my, my instructor there was even like, why are you here? Like, why are you here? I don't understand why you're here. And I explained to him what was going on. And he was kind of like, well, like, what do we do? Like, it's it's your word against hers and she's an adult she's you know saying that she feels threatened so of course they're gonna side with her and then you know that led to me just like giving up on everything and then obviously being an immigrant was like an even more of a of a situation for me so i realized that not only was i not gonna be able to graduate from high school but i wouldn't even be able to get like a job because how am I going to get a job? I'm an immigrant. And then not only that, but it was going to be one of those situations where like, can I even go to school? I can't because I'm not even from here. And if I wanted to go to school, I would have to get a lawyer. If I wanted to be a dreamer and I wanted to do all this and this is all money, like this is, this, this is what people don't understand when they say do it right. How do you do it right? The only right way to do it is with money. And if you ain't got it, you ain't doing it right. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's one of those situations where I just had to just work however way I can get to work. And I did it and I made sure that I survived whatever happened. And yeah, it made me, it might've made me a little bit of an asshole, but hey, like I gotta, I gotta deal with the cards that I'm dealt with. <laughs> So it Hello. led to me just like, um, I guess it just led to me working and giving up anything artistic 
because I knew that I was never really gonna get anywhere with it. Yeah. And so I worked for I worked for Carlos Jr. for like eight years. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds so intense. I worked for Carlos Jr. for eight years. And my last year that I worked there, I I stopped going to work. I just stopped going. And I went to Nomi's house actually. She's I think she's in here too. I went to Nomi's house the day that I quit and I just couldn't take it anymore. Like I was miserable. You know, it was one of those situations where I was working at a restaurant. They really didn't give a fuck. To them, we were just, you know, replaceable if we didn't like it. And it was just, it was terrible. So I quit and it was, it sucks because as an immigrant, like if you quit, you can't get unemployment. You can't do anything like that. You can't get any any sort of assistance. Yeah. So I just, I went into like this, like a little bit of a depression, but not to the point where I wasn't really able to function. And I just started, you know, getting little jobs here and there. And I started to pick up a sketchbook. And then from there, it just started, you know, bringing back all those artsy emotions that I was suppressing for so long. <laughs> yeah. That, I didn't know, I didn't know that there was such a long gap between like that happening with high school and then coming back to art again. And then how, so how long was it from when you first started to today? How long, how long is that? Been? Um, I started in 2014 all over again. Okay. And now you're like full time. Yeah, now I do it full time. Yeah, <laughs> that it is incredible. In such a short, in such a short time as well. Yeah, like it, it was. It was a long fucking run, <laughs> yeah. and it still is too. Like it's still, you know, it's still a process, but it's been it's it's been a blessing because um, I was able to get uh, financial help from sponsors because of my work. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I've been able to do this for so long now as a full-time thing is because they're helping me with my business because I, I was able to get my business license for it. I um I have um I'm in I'm gonna start copywriting my name and doing all that stuff. So it's like, you know, it's I wouldn't be able to do this without any of their help and it's, and it's been right? yeah i met them at dracon i met them the it first year of dracon how crazy huh <laughs> drag supporting artists bringing yeah. them together <laughs> yeah i met them at dracon i met them at the first dracon i met the daughter her name is jerusha um and hi jerusha and i um she was purchasing my free my first Frida painting because her mother uh, Margot is a is a huge Frida fan and she has a tattoo on her arm. Oh, nice! Yeah, and so it was it, it was a surprise too. Like she showed up on the Saturday of DragCon, paid for it, brought her mom on Sunday, and then we surprised her with it. And then we became friends. They commissioned a couple pieces from me 
And then they started uh, collecting my work from there. And then they, last year, they told me, you know, um, we don't really like your situation for, or the year before that, we don't really like your situation at uh, Artist Alley. We don't like that you're so, you know, your, your art is so big and your space is so small and limited. So mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna, I want to pay for your booth. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really expensive for one. And that's really kind of you. I was like, but holy shit, like, how am I going to pull off a booth, you know? But I, at, at the time, I just felt like, okay, it's just a booth. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start like, you know, I'll start hustling so I can start buying my prints and I can start buying everything. And then when, it be, when it, I think it was like November of the following year and it was starting to get close to DragCon and they, the daughter messages me like a really long message and she's like, okay, so we told you it was going to be a booth and it is going to be a booth, but in reality, it's going to be the booth and your merchandise and we're going to pay for your business license and we're going to pay for this and we're going to pay for that and we're going to make sure that you get this and that. And it was just like one right after the other. And I just remember like breaking down because I was like, what is happening? Like, what the hell is happening? And then from then on, it's been just a complete blessing. I mean, the car that I'm in right now, they gifted us this car. That's amazing. You know what I mean? She's just like, they're both just a blessing. And it's been, it's just been a crazy, crazy year, period. That's so. amazing. If, if I was a more spiritual hippie person, I would say that's your karma coming back around. <laughs> Dicked over, and then you get so much better in the future. Well, I mean, and you've earned it because the reason that the reason that came to you, it's not like it just came out of nowhere. It came out of you producing this beautiful art, you going to DragCon yourself, self-funding yourself to get there. So I really like you. You deserve it. You you've like earned it. And that's like the old school arts patron. You're like doing a lot of art history there, like the Medici family or something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's really I sweet. Well, Chloe, I think we are going to come close to the hour limit, so we should wrap it up soon. So is there anything else you want to talk about quickly and end on? Or throw that out to you. Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm just so tripped out at the portrait process over there because I see my face. That's yes. so insane. That is so insane. We're coming slowly. <laughs> I mean, that is so crazy. I'll post it soon. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, I've been taking energy in your words and your life and just transmitting it. That's so beautiful. That is so insane. And I love the, the color palette, too. Thank you. Yeah, I've, um, yeah, I was messing around for a while with different things. So I think, yeah, we'll see. It'll keep going. But um, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to I don't say? even know. I don't even <laughs> I love how, like, I was like going on and on and on. And now I'm like, what do I say? I don't even know what to say anymore. I don't even know. Um, it's hard when you only have a tiny bit of it at the end. Well, um, well, we can definitely do this again also because I've enjoyed it so much and hearing you speak. And I know there are a lot of other things that I would have liked to get to that we could always talk about again in the future. And um, yeah, do you want to say where people can get your work and everything, where they can find oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys can go to my website. It's under harveydelray.com. 
and there you will find uh, all of my prints and stickers that I have at the moment. I'm going to update it with t-shirts and stuff soon. And I'm bringing blankets too, bitch. <laughs> and um, I'm going to try to do a little bit more merch, but I'm going to try to keep it where um, I'm not really being as repetitive with my images because I feel like I've been using a lot of the same images for a while. And I'm going to have to retire a couple of them, but um, so far, you can go to my website and find all of that good stuff. Oh, is that? Oh, Nomi, do you see Nomi on there? Yeah. I, I, I really yeah. look at the favorites. You have a quote. I was like, hey, hey, But yeah, you can just go to my website and find all of my good shit there, basically. And, and I'm going to wait for the natural skin tone portraits that are coming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually working on uh, Megan the Stallion right now. Uh, who's that? Megan the Stallion. She's a rapper, and um, she recently did uh, um, a Catwoman look. So I'm gonna paint her as Catwoman. But she did a photo shoot with it, and I'm like recreating the image, and that's gonna be my first like natural skin tone like Ooh, in a while. <laughs> All right, there we go. I look forward to it. Well, it's been so nice to speak to you, love. Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll let you know when the painting is done. Yeah, thank you. I can't wait to see you. Thank you for having me. It was been, been such an honor. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for your time, for your words and everything. Have a thank good day. You. you too. Bye. Bye.